0: This is going. Is this the last episode of 2022 already? Maybe I should have done like a review episode. That would have been a good idea. Would have been any easier. Probably not. Apparently I recorded over 5,000 minutes of audio. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot. Did another big eight podcast this past year. That's not enough. Career changes. How to know when to move on. JP Getty, some of the uh, pointers he has for young business professionals. Question becomes, would you want to deal with the customers that your company deals with? Got the workouts in today, going out with a bang. And, oh, I'm watching this Lamborghini movie. That's what kind of uh, prevented me from finishing episode number 36 today, folks. It is Friday, December 30th, 2022. We are on the last day, last work day well, the last Friday of 2022. Uh, some people do work tomorrow. Um, I know. Uh, actually, it was kind of slow because apparently the virus is still um, uh, making its way through the population. As a result, a lot of people can't show up um, or they're sick or they're in bed and things like that. So it's not uh, like we are sort of seeing a little bit of a lull in uh, client meetings, uh, which means that, you know, Hope you have a good book to read, <laughs> which I do. I've been reading this Michio Kaku uh, hyperspace book, and we all know how that's been making me feel. Completely depressed that end of the world, universe is going to die, and there's hyperspace, and there's other dimensions that we'll never ever see, and space is round, so we can't see everything anyway, and we're so tiny and small and pathetic. And it's just like, okay, next book. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, actually, no, I to tell you the truth, I never even... Thought of doing a year review of my podcast, uh, mostly because with this daily audio format, um, it really is just sort of like a conversation. It's top of my head sort of thing. Um, it's whatever's going on, so it's very topical in that reg- uh, regard. Especially given the fact that you know I I, I state the date at the beginning of every episode. Uh, but uh, 2022, I think this marks the first full year of doing this audio blog. Because I started this in May of 2021. Uh, and that was a year after I started my big podcast back in April of 2020. So like it's this is the first full year of audio blogs that I have published pretty much without fail, Monday to Friday for the last twelve months. Um I haven't taken any days off. Uh like we I take weekends off. I have been late in publishing them, so some of them I've had to record uh, late in the day or early the next morning, to tell you the truth. Um, But I've always published five episodes every week. So, uh, and I'm I'm very proud of that. I I like the fact that I'm able to remain that consistent. Uh, Much more consistent than the December drumming stuff, because I know I, I talk about that stuff, but I don't publish it right away. And part of that has to do with the fact that um I want to get the uh the i guess it's the album sticker the song sticker uh the the metadata in order uh which requires just a little bit more uh, like a few more steps that's all it is they are done um I haven't worked on anything today, but I'm going to do that right after this tomorrow's the last track for december uh drumming I'll have that all updated tomorrow on my website and then january the song a day challenge. Uh, starts on Sunday. So this is gonna be kinda neat. Uh, So January, the the difference between these two being that December drumming is mostly percussion, uh, and then January, I start introducing more melodic elements and stuff like that, uh, where I try my hand at like... I'm not sure if I'll play guitar. I did get Session Guitarist 6. Guitar Rig Pro 6? Yeah, I got Session Guitar and Guitar Rig 6 Pro uh, from uh, Native Instruments. Uh, with the idea that I'll be able to use some more guitar sounds and stuff like that going forward, something I want to work on uh, I've thought about doing before not that I want to become a guitarist I, I have no intention of uh, being a guitarist or a bass player or anything like that. I play piano every now and then, um, more keyboards and stuff like that, but nothing properly or very professionally or anything uh, very much percussion in that in that percussionist in that regard. And I don't feel bad about this. The only thing I do want to work on, though, is melody. And I want to be able to make that work together. And as my understanding of song creation and soundtrack creation goes, you don't have to be the greatest melodist in the world. You just have to be able to tell what sounds good and goes together. You do that, doesn't matter if it's flat, sharp, three octaves, one octave, seven, eight time, or fifteen-sixteenth 16th time, or 30 second notes of whatever doesn't matter. Does it sound good? Does it convey an emotion? Does it convey a message? Can you close your eyes and imagine what's going on with the sound? That's how I sort of approach a lot of things. And I've especially approached uh, drumming with uh, that way as well, Um, which is part of the reason I've actually backed off from playing just the drum set so much and moved more into percussion uh, in general. So a lot more uh, percussive elements rather than just the, uh, the drum kit itself. Uh, anyway, I, yes, only eight big podcasts this year. I did, I was working on episode number 36 today. I did not get a chance to finish it. Uh, partially because I was, uh, I, I did my second workout this afternoon. Then also I sat down to watch this, uh, uh, Lamborghini, the man behind the company or something like that. It's just, I guess it's a, it's a fictive, it's a movie representation of the beginning of the Lamborghini company. And I probably talk about Lamborghinis quite a bit. Um, I was interested in this because like, these are, you know, your, your sports cars, your supercars, um, horribly expensive. Um, but he, like Lamborghini, um, they started building tractors, first of all, after World War II ended. Uh, but they were actually from the same town as Ferrari. And Ferrari sort of had... The, the market, like the sports luxury car market and stuff like that, um, they they convey him as being very cocky, Mr. Ferrari is being very cocky in the movie, uh, and Lamborghini is sort of a, a young upstart, but Lamborghini himself, uh, uh, Ferrucci, uh, he comes across as very cocky as well, because well, his first wife dies in childbirth, which is quite sad, actually. Um, but his second wife knows that he's been banging other ladies, right? So it's like, uh, they, per- they per- portray Ferrari as one thing, uh, in terms of cars, but then they're, they kind of glaze over the Lamborghini sort of personality that's going into, uh, uh, that's sort of making the company run that way. Anyway, given the choice, I'm not going to lie. I like the Lamborghini cars a little bit better. They're a little bit more boxy, um, they they just seem to yeah that that's pretty much it they're a little, little bit more square which i guess some people would say i am <laughs> ferrari has a little bit more a few more curves to it uh but i mean they're both very nice cars what i didn't realize actually is that the lamborghini um uh, logo has a bull in it and then the ferrari one has a horse right and apparently uh, when they unveil uh, at this uh one of these car shows the uh, gt350 uh 350 gt uh, Lamborghini, he sends uh, a picture of a bull fucking a horse uh, to Mr. Ferrari across the room, it's kind of funny, but uh, um, yeah, there you go, uh, interesting documentary, but as a result of watching this documentary, it's only 90 minutes, sorry, it's not a documentary, it's a fictive movie, Uh as a result, I didn't get to really work on episode number 36. Um, anyway, yesterday I mentioned uh, something about career changes, which actually kind of goes along with uh, Lamborghini because he went from uh, fighting in World War II, he came back to the family farm, uh, said he was going to build a tractor, he did, and then he started building sports cars. So, career changes. How to know when to move on uh, and what should you do. Uh, this was actually partially um, inspired uh, stemmed from I was rereading uh, G.P. Getty's book here again uh, just some chapters uh, the other day um, and he talks about here. I'm going to go through this there are 11 points that he makes about um, the rules that have worked for him uh, that he says he'll, that will work for you as well um, number one almost without exception there's only one way to make a great deal of money in the business world and that's to basically have your own business so, own your own business, you'll make lots of money. Number two, don't uh, businessman should never lose sight of the central aim of the business make better, produce more and make better goods, or provide better, more and better services to more people at lower costs. Brilliant. Make good stuff that people want, make it at a cheaper price. And convince other people to buy it or offer it to people so that they can buy it. Uh, Number three, a sense of thrift is essential if you want to be successful. Uh, You have to discipline yourself to practice economy wherever possible, both in personal life and business life. He he quotes another one, uh, Credo, that he hears, make your money first, then think about spending it. And yet I talk about Lamborghinis quite a bit, don't I? (laughs) Uh, Number four, uh, legitimate opportunities for expansion. Uh, should not be ignored or overlooked. On the other hand, you have to keep uh, be on guard against the temptation to overexpand or launch expansion programs blindly. And probably um, that includes like if you're going to buy new tech, do you really need this? Because I was talking about upgrading some of my tech this year as well. Um, and one question that I was put to me is like, well, do you need it? And that's a very good question. And to be fair, I've been able to make things work up until now without expanding. So. Um, now you might say, well, Stephen, you you haven't released episode 36 just yet. And I go, yes, that's very true. Um, This also has to deal with more of a time management issue rather than a, like I'm not fighting the technology as much as I was uh, five months ago. Let's put it that way. So that that much has been good. Uh, Number five, a businessman must run his own business. Uh, Don't, your employees won't run it for you and they won't do it as well as you can. If they could, they wouldn't be the employees now, would they? They would be the boss. Um, if you got to, uh, that when the boss delegates authority or responsibility, must maintain close and constant supervision so that the employees uh, or, or over those who are, have been entrusted with it. Number six, the businessman, you must always be constantly alert for new ways to improve the products and services and increase production and sales. And as an English teacher, how do you do this? Like, is it a dead market? Yet yeah, he says in other parts, it's like, it's, there, there is no dead markets. There are just opportunities that you haven't explored yet. And one of the things that sort of uh, strikes me here is programming, AI, not real AI, but chatbots, you know, creating something, uh, the metaverse, uh, NFTs. And let, let me get this straight here nfts could be as simple as the mp3 sticker that you sell to someone and that every every time someone downloads that mp3 from a store that nft holder gets a percentage of the profits of that mp3 file one way number two with the metaverse i've talked about this before sending your your uh, likeness to class for you and then having the class notes sort of um, generated and the knowledge somehow downloaded to a format uh, for you to uh, easily digest, I guess you could say. A little bit more tricky, but and a little bit more far off, as uh, I think, as well. But for us English teachers, educators, ESL, language teachers, and learners, wouldn't it be nice to have an AI bot, a chat bot that you could talk to, practice your language, And that could give you some feedback on what you are doing right or what you are doing wrong. I kind of wonder if this can be done in a simple way, either with pronunciation, like just matching a simple, you said this, but uh, do you mean this, this, or this, like giving the different types of pronunciation available, Uh, or um, in terms of idioms, have you used the idiom correctly? I think the other thing for, I, I, I think this is done for writing quite a bit. Like this is what Grammarly does, uh, the, those sort of things um, where it is able to generate a report on your, your writing style. It's not possible with speaking just yet, but there are AI program programs out there. ELSA Speaks, I think, is the uh, uh, APP that a lot of people use. Now keep in mind, uh, there's only two or three major databases that have a lot of this info that you can ping Google is one of them, but you have to pay for everything over fifty words so it's kind of um it's not cheap let's put it that way um, he continues on here with uh, looking for new ideas uh businessmen uh, wait for lean periods to do these things to do uh sort of innovation and as a result they hit the panic button and slash costs in the wrong places at the wrong time so again he's talking about uh Keeping things lean uh, and making things better overall. Um, He he also mentions here: um, give the the businessman has to have the mental elbow room in order to uh, take a look at his operations calmly and objectively, and then improve uh, and. Affect important savings without socket sacrificing quality, of course. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, or even efficiency for that matter as well. So, uh, number seven, businessmen must be willing to take some risks. So, you gotta, uh, you either risk your own capital, you risk your own time, um, uh, or your efforts and things like that. Things like that. You can use borrowed money, but it has to be paid back quickly because nothing will kill a career faster than a bad credit rating. Now, this is interesting because I've talked about uh, balance transfers and stuff like that before, uh, borrowing money at 0% and then using it elsewhere. Um, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that this if you carry a balance, like on a credit card, this dings your credit rating a lot differently than a mortgage payment. If you miss a mortgage payment, that is substantially more serious than than a credit card, but a credit card keeps adding even more interest to it, and they are ruthless when it comes to making sure that that is reported. There's very little leeway on uh, any sort of, um, like, oh, well, you know, I tried to submit the payment, but they're like, they don't care. Mortgage, uh, you might be able to talk to the bank to being a little bit more forgiving, uh, but, I mean, if you're a month late or even two weeks late with a mortgage payment, Substantially worse than missing a credit card payment. Um, now, I do say that I've never had a mortgage before. Okay, I've never borrowed a substantial amount of money to buy a car or a house. And I this is conscious on my part because these are things that I didn't want to go to the bank to have to pay. Instead, I used credit cards. Credit cards were always easier to use and they were a lot easier to figure out. They required far less paperwork than mortgages and far less scrutiny than than mortgages so keep that in mind when you're uh, looking at borrowing money and certainly if you're don't look to borrow money from other people the the problem is like if you start borrowing money from people it gets very emotional i think the the typical thing is that if you lend money to a friend you lose the money and the friend i think that's how it, it goes i don't generally lend money to people uh at least not money that i can you know that i need certainly don't be lending money that you need uh, number eight um businessmen constantly must be looking for new horizons and untapped or under exploited markets so again this is this goes back to like you know even as an uh an esl industry professional, <laughs> um, they talk about this, uh, he he goes on about buying American products and know-how, I guess there was sort of an anti-American or an anti-foreign, there's something where like trade protectionism and stuff like that was very big after World War II, um, but uh, he talks a lot about going into foreign markets, now with this interconnected world that we have these days, kind of going, wow, I mean, which markets do you sort of look at? Um, to to market your wares sort of thing. That's a very good question. Number nine, uh, nothing builds confidence better than, and volume faster or better than a reputation for standing behind your own work and your own products. So you have to be proud of what you are doing. Guarantee should always be honored. Uh, and if you're ever doubtful, the uh, the decision should always be in the customer's favor. This is one that sort of strikes me pretty hard too, because this is very hard to remember because... Especially nowadays with the internet, it's very easy to come across customers who are trying to take advantage of the situation or trying to take advantage of the system in place because they know, especially if, like in the ESL industry, we get this all the time, um, a lot of memorized answers like plagiarism and stuff like that, uh, and companies... And so what will happen is that some customers will complain about like tones of voices and stuff like that, uh, or that not making eye contact, um, and things like this. And so it becomes very, uh, as, as a customer service representative, you're going to, f- are, you f- are you, what I mean, are you kidding me? You got offended by that yet? The company goes, well, you know, in the interest of providing a good product and or service, uh, we will defer to the customer if they felt as if they were sort of knocked off of their um, pedestal, off of their uh, track, uh, in order to produce their their best sort of performance. So, uh, as a result, they um, that's that's what happens, and this is a business decision, and this is not just like. Th- a lot of businesses do this. This this can work in your favor and can work against you if you are in the customer service uh, industry. It's also one reason I, I don't really want to work in customer service anymore, to tell you the truth. Um, and then number 10... Um, uh, no matter how many millions you make uh, how much how many millions you make, uh, the business always must consider his wealth as a means for improving the living conditions everywhere so you you have to have responsibility towards uh, your associates, your employees, stockholders, and the public um, and he, go, he finishes this chapter saying, if you want to make a million, believe me, you can uh, if you 're able to recognize all the opportunities and potentials around you, you will apply these rules that you just talked about. Uh, and for today's alert, ambitious, and able young people, men, all that glitters truly can be gold. And this, I'm not going to lie, I, I read this book, and well, this, I think, is this the beginning? Yes, this chapter He here, the door to the American Millionaires Club is not locked. Contrary to popular modern belief, it is still quite possible for the successful individual to make his million and more. There will always be room for the man with energy and imagination, the man who can successfully implement new ideas into new products and services. Well, if there ever wasn't a ball slap that you needed to get going, or a, I don't know, a a genital wag, or whatever you want to call it, let's put it this way. If you're not making a million dollars, what have you done to try to make it? Like have you actually tried have you tried to out hustle the people who you see making a million dollars now you might say oh it's not a million dollars not very much anymore you're going sure make a million first (laughs) then say it's not enough (laughs) that's kind of the idea uh to uh you know it should be approaching. So anyway, yeah, I I look at this, I read this stuff, and I go career changes. So going forward into 2023, uh, I'm actually planning out the next nine to ten months because I mentioned uh, doing the Delta module two. Should I do it in February? Should I put it off until like October, November? Uh, should I do module three? Uh, someone did ask me actually, why are you even doing the modules? Like I didn't, it didn't seem. I don't come across as the type of person who wants to go back, like go into administration. And he's right, I I don't. I don't want to go into management uh, or anything like that, at least not directly in a corporate or like a managerial, like, like that sort of managerial role, what you would think of. Instead, however, I am thinking literally of developing my own sort of knowledge base. And the Delta is, gives me the easiest, quickest way to develop a better understanding of the ESL uh, landscape than simply trying to navigate all that on my own. Like Del- the module one was all the basically the, the theory and the essential readings that you need to know about language acquisition, especially as it pertains to uh, English as a second language. Moving forward is about practical application and developing your own course to 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 use and to implement. So that's sort of what uh, I want to learn uh, with doing the Delta. And just and using the the Delta timeline was probably one of the easiest ways to uh, to do it. So it's nine months total for the whole course, done and educated, right? Even if you fail. I mean, you can only fail if you didn't learn. Now, okay, you can not get the pass, and that means you don't get the certificate, which means that the job opportunities aren't there. But if you're, you're applying yourself, you're reading, you're, you're taking care to actually learn something more than just the grade. Which, I mean, this. there's a lot of people I know who, they, they focus a lot on the grade, but then they neglect the whole learning aspect of things. Um, so it's one of these things where you do have to actually, even if you fail the course as it is marked, did you learn something that you can use, that you can take away, and that you can implement somewhere else? All right, so career changes. I guess the last question is, um, do you want to deal with the customers that your company deals with? Because this happens too in this business literature. Uh, Every now and then someone breaks away from the company and they go, I can do this better. And even in the ESL industry, this is very... Um, something that you have to sort of, uh, and not, not just ESL, like language learning, like teaching, um, like teaching in general, uh, cause uh, there's this one f- f- fest pool. I follow them and there's been a, on Twitter and there's a few teachers posting about how they, <laughs> they just get, they try to do something good and they get complained by the parents and then the, the department heads. Uh, criticize the teacher instead of the kid. I'm going. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Um, would you want to deal with your the customers that your company has to deal with, keeping in mind that the company has certain standards and procedures in place that are built upon uh, either legalistic or liability. Uh, or vast amounts of historical evidence that, you know, there's a certain way to deal with people in certain situations, that's appropriate for the company. I mean, company, would you want to do that sort of thing? Anyway, there you go. I did get the workouts in. Uh, I want to actually uh, get this because I, I managed to do it at lunchtime today. I didn't do the morning workout. I did it at lunchtime. And this was kind of neat because I was able to push through it quite quickly in 13 minutes or 15 minutes or roughly uh, 14 minutes or so. 50 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, and 150 squats. Uh, I was able to get through, so I'm very happy that I was able to do that. Uh, I can still say pull-ups don't get any easier uh, the more you do, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's as simple as just doubling up the time. Oh well, if it only took you 13 minutes, so it should take you 26 minutes to do 100 pull-ups. No, I think it actually gets exponentially slower. The push-ups are fine. the uh, The squats would be fine. It's the pull-ups that start dragging you down in terms of completion. Uh, so I'm going to look forward to um, changing up some workouts in the new year as well. But that's a, that's not a new year thing. That's so much a, a timing thing and just debating whether or not there's a better way, a more efficient way of getting my workouts in, being productive, and being able to uh, produce more of these big podcasts uh, that people do like uh, listening to as well. All right, folks. Hope uh, that was uh, enjoyable for you. Got you guys uh, and girls got something out of it. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a safe and happy uh, new year out there, and we'll see you in 2023 as well. If you have any plans, well, be uh, safe out there. Uh, don't stay out too late. Uh, you got to get up at 6 o'clock on Sunday anyway for your, your uh, three-mile run, right? Right? Isn't that what everyone else is going to do? Probably not. All right, folks, have a good one. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support throughout the year. Um, it's actually kind of neat to find that people do listen to this, uh, and I do see receive some uh, positive comments every now and then. Uh, I don't hear about the negative stuff, so if people are talking shit about it, I'm not even sure if I really want to know, because you know what, I'm going to probably keep on recording anyway, Uh, this is more for me to uh, sort of have a record of things as they were, but again, yeah, 2022 was the uh, first full year that I've done this, let's see if it continues in 2023, maybe maybe it'll break, maybe I'll break, and it'll be over, hopefully not. Happy New Year, folks, have a good one, we'll talk again, bye-bye. Oh, dare I forget, show notes, tracks, and uh, vids up on my website, stephenserski.com. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.